into the contest. It's Friday the 22nd of July. Welcome to Afternoon Sport. Tim Gilbert here. I'm joined by my great mate Shane Lee. And Shane, um, wonderful news, groundbreaking news. <laughs> the band's back together. Six and out were, were jamming last night. Tell me more. Had a little rehearsal, Timmy, over Brett's house. So uh, all the all the crew were there, except uh, unfortunately Gavin Robertson was a little bit uh, crook with the flu. Mm. But uh, yeah, Brad McNamara, Richard Cheekway and Brett and myself were there. And um, yeah, we went over a few of the old songs and... Uh, didn't sound too bad, I thought. Oh, nice. So does this mean we're uh, we're off to Kinsella's or somewhere else to go and watch you play? Well, we're going to be playing up at Hardy's Bay, up the coast, uh, mm. August 27, and looking to do a couple of gigs in Sydney as well. But uh, I, look, I did say, Tim, I thought we sounded well, but we did have about three bowls of red while we were playing. All right, August 27, <laughs> afternoon sport, yep. live from the venue. Yes. We'll have to work on that. All right, we've got a big show today. Of course, all the NRL action. Uh, the Broncos were good, weren't they, when they beat Parramatta last night? Shad Wicker is in the house. But up next, we're going to talk AFL. <laughs> Whether it's for early morning coffee and pastries, long business lunches or post-work cocktails, head to District Brasserie in Sydney CBD. With a modern Australian menu created to hero locally sourced produce and a unique offering of charred meats cooked on a custom-built charcoal oven. Situated on the ground floor of Chifley Tower, District Brasserie is open from 6.30am Monday to Friday for breakfast, lunch and dinner. District Brasserie, sophisticated yet casual. Plenty of AFL to talk about, but let's start with some cricket, Shane, and uh, talk about uh, the Melbourne Renegades because they've got first pick in this inaugural BBL Overseas Player Draft. And this is obviously an initiative brought in to try and get as many good players from overseas as possible. Yeah, well, uh, with the current um, lawsuit going on with Channel 7 and Cricket Australia, um, Channel 7 uh, believe that have been a, a good enough players playing in the Big Bash. So, well, there's 170 mm. international players now that put their hand up to say, select me. And the Renegades, due to last couple of years' performances, they get first draft pick. So they're quite excited. The Sixers get going at fourth pick. Um, and the Hurricanes, due to all their success they've had, the Hobart Hurricanes, they, they get to choose last. But look, some really, really good players in there. Uh, Rashid Khan, the Afghani spinner would be really, really well sought after. Um, Andre Russell, the West Indian. Yeah, some really good players. Faf Duplassie, probably the highest profile uh, test cricketer, put his hand up as well. Yeah, it's, oh, look, I think it's I think it's going to be a winner, that's for sure. Uh, but they needed to do something, didn't they, just to wobble it up a bit. It's been mm. going a little while and hugely successful at times. Now, golf, uh, yet to see whether this will be successful. The Rebel Tour, the Greg Norman Saudi-backed Rebel Tour. Henrik Stenson has joined up and uh, got pretty volatile. Got... Fairly uh, aggressive too, this whole thing. Well, he did. So he put his name down to be the Ryder Cup uh, captain. Mm. Um, but due to being selected now on the LIV uh, and taking $69 million at 46 years of age, <laughs> Henrik Stenson uh, is now no longer able to fulfil that role as a Ryder Cup captain. Um, and the journalist asked me about it and he basically told the journalist to go fuck himself. <laughs> Short answer. Makes his point. <laughs> yeah, he did. Um, how do you reckon this is all going to end? Look, we, look, we said it here with the uh, look. We mentioned it yesterday that, generally speaking, what happens is they all come together. Um, what do you reckon? Look, it depends how deep the pockets are, and we know the Saudis' pockets are very deep, and they will push. I think mm. the PGA will have to come to sort of some um, solution, and I think they will be able to come together. It will take a little while, 
But just, yeah, this money's not going away. They have seriously deep pockets and they're going to keep taking players until there's none left. So the PGA need to understand whether, you know, how important is history to everyone? Uh, I know money's very, very important to everyone. So, uh, yeah, guys getting 69 million like Hendrick. It's pretty hard to say no. Get your long way on a ferry. What do you think about Richmond Fremantle tonight? Well, look, I think I think Richmond will bounce back. I, I think uh, I think they're going to have to. Uh, Frio need to win as well. It's going to be going to be a cracking game. But I'm, I'm going to tip um, Richmond by uh, three goals. What about the the grand final parade on the Yarra? I remember doing the Commonwealth Games in Melbourne in 2006, and they really used the Yarra beautifully with with some of the boats and, and different sort of uh, things through the opening and closing ceremonies. I think this would be quite good. I think it's a great initiative by Gil McLaughlin and the AFL. Look, they haven't had a grand final parade for the last two years due to COVID. And you know, if you go, to, if you've been in Melbourne recently, it's still a mess. The city, um, it's hard to get around. So fans won't be able to sort of get in and see the players. If they use them on boats and and use the Yarra, um, I think it'd be great for people to be able to sit along on the grass and hopefully it'll be a nice day in Melbourne and um, and all can enjoy the the festivities. Brett Ratnett, St Kilda. Look, they've been up and down uh, like the proverbial, haven't they, St Kilda? At times, looking like uh, they could break their drought since 1966. At other times, it looks like it's going to go on for another 50 years. Years, but he's he's put him he's put him to the test, hasn't he? He's basically said to a lot of you can only describe them as underform underperforming players. He's put them on notice. He has. Well, Brett Ratton has secured his future at least for a year or so, um, so he can now be very very stern. Look, pre their buy, uh, secured this year were had eight wins, three losses. Post yeah. buy, nine wins, eight losses. Uh, they lost the last five, and they're win- they're losing the last sort of five by thirty five points or more. So. It's a big, big, uh, some big defeats there. And yes, he's put his senior players in particular on notice. And you're right, Tim, that they've had a good run with some of these guys and haven't performed. And he's basically said, you know, shape up or ship out. Yeah, absolutely. Now, Israel Folau, he's had, he's had a sort of a difficult return to international rugby. He definitely has, mate. So he's going to now miss due to a hamstring injury. Look, he's 33 years of age. Mm. He's going to be out for 10 to 12 weeks. But he'll miss uh, uh, the Tonga's qualifier, World Cup qualifier against Hong Kong. Um, but they'll say, look, he'll be back 10 or 12 weeks. It just gets harder and harder the older you get, Tim. Yeah, it certainly does. Tell me about it. I went to the gym mm. this morning and uh, everything <laughs> hurts. Absolutely everything hurts. Up next on Afternoon Sport, it is the Brisbane comedian of Brisbane comedians, the rugby league loving Chad Wicker. Time to talk rugby league, and of course, he's the best comedian in Queensland, if not Australia, in my view. Uh, particularly when we're talking to him on the podcast, I might say something different behind his back. Shad Wicker, <laughs> what are you, how are you? What are you saying behind I'm my joking. back? I'm nothing. What are you Just a bit of comedy. What are you Just a bit of comedy because you're a bloody Queenslander. That's all. That's all. (laughs) Can't believe it. I'm going to start finding out what you've been saying in these elite circles that you're travelling in. Hey, Shad, are you still at the Caxton celebrating? Oh, mate, I wish. I wish. Once Jai Arrow left, the party wasn't that good. So, (laughs) (laughs) Did you ever go for New South Wales when you were younger? You've had a few clubs at the NRL level. Nah, you're a piece of work, Tim Goodwin, I'll tell you what. But my mum tried to. My mum tried to get oh, me there. She tried to. My uh, but my old man and my um, grandfather wouldn't let me. So there you go. Because you know when you're real young, you're still trying to figure out what you're doing. 
But, oh, yeah, um, I'm still trying to do that. But, um, yeah, well, they, 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 they dominated. Billy Slater, Cameron Smith had their grubby hands all over it and the way they um, they won the game. So oh, look. not much we can do as Blues. Not yeah, much we can not do. Not much we can do until next, next year. year. Next year, nah. mate. Look, look we've got to look at right now. And uh, the Queensland the Queensland success is continuing for once. It feels like mm. it's been a long time. In the actual NRL comp, the Cowboys and the Broncos. Yeah, wow. The Broncos good last night. 36 to 4 over the Eels, dominated. Mate, this team, what a turnaround yeah. this team has made since last year. Um, Paddy Carrigan, Payne Haas actually playing good footy, which is nice. I think they'll be pretty stoked to that. Uh, in Brisbane, obviously, as well, like looking into the future even further, signing Reese Walsh in the last week and a bit. I mean, things are looking up for this Broncos side. Can we talk about the Eels that they beat? What's our read on Parramatta? Mm. I'll tell you what my read is on Parramatta. They are so disappointing for a team. They're playing at home. They're playing in the wet. The Broncos prefer when it's dry, and they just don't aim up, do they? Well, they, they keep fooling us. They keep tricking us into thinking that they're a, a good mm. team, and then they turn around and they put a performance in like last night. I mean, they beat up on some easy teams the last couple of wins, but, you know, I've, I'm so confused about this side. This is the only team that's beaten Penrith. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> like... And and they, they're like a struggling basket case that, to be honest, shouldn't even be in the eight, I feel. I feel like they should be falling out of the eight and staying out. Yeah, they beat Melbourne at home as well. And look, my youngest son, he's 10, and look, he's still a little bit young to let him watch the whole game. So I let him watch a bit. of He's a Parramatta supporter. I think this morning he's very happy he didn't watch it because... I thought Parramatta, they gave some inclination that they were going to get back into it, but they only ever scored the 14 points. And the, I'd rather focus on Brisbane because I think that Ben Iken and Kevy Walters and others up there have tidied things up so beautifully that they could uh, really give the Premiership a shake. If there's one team, one sort of red herring, I think it's Brisbane. I think they've got enough, like with Payne Haas in the forwards and a back line, back line like that, they could, they could. I'm not saying they're going to win the premiership, but they could really upset some things. I would like to see them take on Penrith mm. now. Like now is when I'd like to see it happen, and purely because I think when they mm. played Penrith, they ended up getting pumped by him in the second half. But it was during that period where the Broncos were really kind of they were in it in the first half, and they just didn't have that grind in the second. And they did the same thing against the Roosters. They kind of lost it in the second half, and I think that this side now is playing a full 80 minutes. And if you're playing Penrith, if you're going to beat Penrith, that's what you've got to do. And I know it's a cliche, but they're a team that can put on 20 points in the space of eight minutes that you can't let them, like, falter. And the defense of the Broncos is a big thing I find that's been a big change. They're, like, really hungry to tackle, and they're not going to make it easy for you to get past them when they're on their day. So I know that the work that I'm doing in there uh, at the moment around the Bronx, they're so positive about this season right now. Look, let's let's break this down and see if we can get you a better hour. <laughs> Mate, right. Are you the reason banned. why they've turned I, it around? I almost got banned from the Broncos because uh, there was a moment there where two weeks in a row, each player I've spoken to came up yes. injured that week. <laughs> <laughs> they thought I was a jinx for a bit. Now, listen, boys, I was talking to Brian Fletcher, the Penrith CEO, uh, last week, and he was saying that North Queensland will be the powerhouse of the future. He said they're doing a lot of things what like what Penrith did. They're getting an academy up there, and he said they're going to be drawing on local talent, and he, and he thinks that North Queensland, the next 10 years, will be one of the, the most dominant teams in the NRL. What are your thoughts? I don't think there's any reason why they shouldn't mm. be. Uh, like, really, like you look at the amount of great players that are yep. up that way, I think they should – what they really should be doing is tapping into the Papua New Guinea – uh, footy scene there. They're just starting to develop a local competition, which sounds baffling 
when you don't really know much about mm. Papua New Guinea, but you would assume they're the one country in the world that rugby league's their national sport. You would assume they have this really flourishing local comp, but they're only now starting to develop it, and that's where I think the Cowboys should be dipping their toes in. I know that David Mead, who retired this week, is uh, going uh, to head up there next year to help develop some of the sport up there, but... If they're going with local homegrown talent, maybe don't look at the Cairns Pride, like the Northern Pride, (laughs) because their Colts side got beat 100 to nil on the weekend. Goodness. (laughs) And the Dolphins are already looking at a succession plan before they've even started. Mm. That's great. Christian Wolfe, who's had so much success with Tonga, St. Helens, he's looking like he's going to win three in a row with St. Helens up there in the UK. Uh, This is a great idea to bring him on. I've said this on this podcast before. I'm a massive fan. Of Christian, well, I think he's going to be one of the great coaches in the NRL because uh, he's got this track record that's sick. From the Blackhawks, obviously the international team with Tonga, he's got great yeah. relationships with a whole bunch of Tongan players throughout the entire competition. So you think recruiting to the sunny coast is going to be a bit easier for them as well. And he's shown with St. Helens that he can steer a team, you know, and lead them to a premiership. I think it's a great mm. idea to sit under Wayne. I don't like the two years under Wayne. Like, I, I think he's just one year and then get him in the in the role. And I went to the Dolphins, actually, this past week to do some recording stuff. Right. And I'm surprised about how little integration has happened yet between their leagues club and the actual comp. So they don't even have a mainstay office at the moment. They're still doing it out of small offices um, that are kind of, you know, just knocked up together. And I was asking some of the staff around there, and they said that they're still waiting for a lease to finish in a – complex right next door before they can move into their actual offices. And I said, oh, <laughs> does this mean it's going to be basically three months out from the beginning of the season you guys are going to be rushing everything into place? And they said, yes. <laughs> Probably wait for Sunglass Hut to, for its tenure to end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was shocked, dude, when I went up there. I was like, wow, I really thought there was going to be a lot more happening up here. But it's uh, it's got me worried about the idea of switching allegiances to the Dolphins, guys. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, boys, I've got, another, I've got another little thought here, Timmy. Uh, now, I know my Dragons play the Seagulls tonight, and I think the Seagulls will, will whop us. I, I've, I've, I've got a funny feeling. This is a big call. Manly could make the grand final. That Their draw coming home, we've had a look at it, looks pretty easy for them. Well, I don't know about that. And you've got Turbo coming back. I reckon they're a smoky to make the grand final. I agree. I agree. I think that was well. I mean, they've got COVID issues this week, which will, you know, probably change up what I think they can do this weekend against you lot. But, uh, yeah, I, I agree. I think, but you know what? This is the Manly we've come to mm. know over the last couple of years. This is the Manly that pokes their head up around the end of the year when, like, it seems yeah. like it's been two or three years in a row that Trebojevic is injured and he comes back towards the back end and they make a little bit of a run into the finals and shake up the eight. They're, it's them and the Bronx, I think. You talk about two dark, like, mm. Smokies to really shake things up. The Broncos, it's hard mm. to say they're a Smoky when they're now in the yep. top four, but... Manly are definitely that side because how well they've gone without Turbo, when this was a tight side that with no Turbo, there's no yeah. Manly. And that's not the case now. Okay, so all right, a decent bottle of red with both of you on that one. All right. What do we reckon? What are we putting that on? Them being in the grand final or? Well, you're both saying they'll be in the grand final. I'll say they won't. I won't say grand final. I think <laughs> they'll get bet, I'll, I reckon they'll go a game short. <laughs> I think it's a non-bet. Oh, but I, do, yeah, th- I, but I, I do reckon the Dragons will win tonight. Mate, it's always good to chat. Dragons will win tonight. You, you're mad. Uh, well, do you want a bottle of red on that? I'll put a bottle of red okay, on that. Dragons. The Dragons are not going to win tonight. As long as you give me 
You can be 13 plus. No, no, no. I'll go, I'll, I'll, no, I'll, I'll go head to head. Head to head, a decent bottle of wine. Should, be, bo- should be a bottle of red and white. Red and white. <laughs> we'll go, oh, yeah, good one. I win the Saints. All right, gentlemen, we'll do it all again. And, of course, I never say anything behind your back. Where are you playing this weekend, brother? <laughs> Bullshit. Mate, I, uh, I'm actually on tonight at the Good Chat Comedy Club mm. in Brisbane. And I also have some shows in Brisbane. September 9th, I'll be doing a uh, new solo show, getting ready for the festival season. So... Hit me on the socials. Yep, go and check him out, guys. He's good fun. To, good fun live. Might just fly up for it. That's it for Afternoon Sport today. Make sure you hit follow or subscribe wherever you listen. A big thank you today, of course, to Shad Wicker. And thanks to our sponsors, Shane. Our fantastic sponsors, the Osher Group. If you're looking for a horse, give the guys a call. They're the best in the business. And, of course, a big thank you to our wonderful producer, Dan McHugh. We're back next week with your daily dose of sport. We'll see you then, guys. Take care. Join us for our Afternoon Sport Racing Bulletin brought to you by Bluebet. What I'm backing and why. Tim Gilbert is joined by racing journalist Matt Jones and professional punter Brad Miller discussing which horses they'll be betting on this weekend and why. Catch the show Friday afternoons ready for your weekend of punting. Subscribe or follow on your favourite podcast app. What I'm backing and why. Happy punting.